Hello and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. This episode is one that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. The films of Hayao Miyazaki paired with sake. As I talk about in this episode, sake is such a complex craft and art, and I certainly don't fully understand it, but I wanted to give you a little introduction to sake as I know it, and also talk about one of my and Winston's favorite filmmakers, and objectively one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, Hayao Miyazaki. I'm not going to say too much more because I think this episode speaks for itself, but I hope you enjoy. Before we dive in, Thank you to Feedspot for choosing us as one of the top 30 wine podcasts to listen to and subscribe to right now. It's an incredible honor to be listed amongst the ranks of I'll Drink to That, Guild Psalm, and all the other extraordinary wine podcasts that are on this list. I've included a link in the description to that article if you would like to check it out, and maybe share us with a friend while you're at it. I will say that now is a great time to join our community on Patreon. As a thank you to all of our patrons who have supported us this year, we are going to have one all-patron live stream this month, in addition to our $10-plus monthly live stream. If you join us between now and next Friday, December 14th, for as little as $1 a month, you can vote on when you'd like that all-patron live stream to be. That way, you can join the ranks of Mara Zobrist, our advanced producer-level patron, and all of our other extraordinary patrons, who are braver than Chihiro, Ashitaka, and Sophie put together. We are also planning on revamping and adding some tiers starting January 1st, so be sure to check us out on patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. Can't join us on Patreon but still want to support the show? Why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? It's 100% free but means the world to us. It's all I'm asking for for Hanukkah slash Christmas, except for that sake book. Without further ado, here is episode 25. Sake and Miyazaki. Okay, so this is exciting because this is our very first recording session in our new home studio. It's my first recording in Studio South. Yay! It's technically not my first recording, but it's my first pairing recording, so most important recording in Studio South, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Ta-da. 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 Forever. Forever. <laughs> I missed one ta-da. Sorry. No, it was my fault. It's okay. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about ta-da mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. No, we're talking about something that I've been wanting to talk about for a very long time since we started pairing. Tell him. I'm going to tell him. And it's Miyazaki and Sake. Yeah! Yeah, so we're heading over to Japan. And so I was going to, full disclaimer, I am not a sake expert, but I love sake and I'm really interested in it. And I am I really want to learn more about it. So if you guys want to get me anything for the holidays, it is Hanukkah right now. Um, I also celebrate Christmas so that I can get presents. So if you want to get me a present, uh, I would love a kind of sake guide or a really extensive like sake book or several books on sake because awesome. Right? Totally. So I figured we'd start out with a little bit of preliminary information about sake. Or actually, let me let me start off by pouring us the sake that I got. Oh, So uh, Winston does speak some Japanese. I don't. 
Not, so, not really, though. You used like, to. Like, in the dumb way where, like, a white dude is like, I speak a little Japanese, and then they're like, they try to talk to you for a second, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> and you, like, repeat it, and then yeah, you don't no, understand, yeah. and you're just dumb. Yeah. But, it's like, okay. for a while, I was, like, kind of conversational. But here we go. Here what we go. sake we got? So, I'm going to read the name of the sake and its description, and... As we talk about sake more, we're going to decipher what exactly this means. So this sake is called Kaze no Mori, which translates to Wind of the Woods, which is pretty cool. And that's pretty appropriate for Princess Mononoke. Yeah, it sure is. Yep. And uh, and the description below, it says, Junmai Miroka Nama Genshu. Nope. 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 None of us got anything. Kaze no Mori. I was like, I know those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are nouns. Those are those those are words. I know those. (laughs) Okay, but we will we will talk about about more what those four words mean. Junmai Muroka Nama Genshu. Okay. Yes. But first, I'm going to pour this one, and I believe this is made by the brewery Yucho Shuzo. Yucho Shuzo. Yeah. Now, is it a brewery or is it a distillery? It's a brewery. Technically, right, it's or like, you it's, know, well, it's, they're fermenting the rice. Yeah, so wort, that's something that we, I guess, that we can start off by talking about. Um, I'm just gonna pour you the sake. Uh-huh. Oh, what a Arigatou. nice. Mm-hmm. And we're okay. gonna we're gonna kampai. 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 Well, that's cool. That's so cool. That's it's really almost yummy. like a little effervescence yeah. in there. Yeah, it's almost got a little effervescence, which, by That's the way, so I have neat. had a fully sparkling sake before. Really? Which I didn't is, know that was a thing. It, it is a thing. Um, I'm not sure how good of a thing it is, but it, it kind of, the one I had kind of tasted like alcoholic fresca, um, which I guess I could I'd, see that. I'd be down with, you know? I was Because, like, when it. they heat the sake, it gets super sweet mm-hmm. and caramelized mm-hmm. and everything, so mm. I can see it tasting This is really soda. delicious, listeners. Kaze Numori. Yeah. Go check it out. Wind in the woods. Wind in the woods. Okay. So, but you were just talking about whether um, you would call a sake making facility yeah. Is it a, a brewery or a brewery distillery? or a distillery. A distillery. Yeah, so a sorry, vibe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> so I think some of it gets lost in translation. I I I don't know exactly, but so we call sake rice wine. But in many ways, it's much closer to the way it's made is much closer to how beer is made. Is there so, like a wart and a big cauldron and like? There, it is so complicated the way that sake is made, and I'm gonna talk about a little bit of it, but not most of it today because I, it's just I don't want to I don't want to deceive everybody, and I don't want to like talk out of my ass. But so the basic way that sake is made, there are four main ingredients. There is rice which is polished, and sake rice is not like eating rice. Hmm. The The rice that we eat would not be made into sake. Interesting. Yeah. Um, rice that is polished or distilled down. And... What does polishing rice entail? Do you know? I don't know specifically, but I know that there is. it's pretty complex, the machinery and the skill involved... Um, to, to do that. And the amount that the rice is polished, as we'll talk about, is a big indicator of quality in sake. So we will talk about that. But so we've got, we've got the rice, 
and we've got water. Water is considered the most important ingredient. Wherever, where the water, where the sake comes from, where the water comes from, what's in the water, the minerals that are inherent in the water, that is considered kind of like, that's what determines the quote-unquote terroir of the sake. That actually makes a lot of sense, because when I was in Kyoto and and stuff in Japan, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of the big sake breweries, distilleries, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them, um, they're basically downstream yeah. from mountain river and they're just built along the course of the stream. Right. And so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. So rice, water, yeast, cause you need to add a little yeast yeah. for the fermentation process and this thing called koji kin or koji mold. So it's an actual mold that is added to some of the rice and it makes this kind of moldy rice mash which they just call koji which doesn't sound very appetizing but it's part it's what facilitates the fermentation process of the starch in the rice into um alcohol that's what makes it dope yep exactly (laughs) that is what makes sake dope uh in case we haven't mentioned sake is dope it is so so i am such a nerd for sake and i really wish that i understood it better but i will well, we're trying. Yeah, we'll, we're trying. Here we go. We're going to dip our feet in. But yeah, so so in terms of the, the fermentation process, in many ways, making sake is more similar to how brewers make beer. Um, right, than with the adding of how the yeast and the boiling. And... Yeah, the, the main difference is, so, so basically to make wine, you convert the inherent sugar in the grape, in the fruit, into alcohol, mm-hmm. essentially. There's other stuff that goes on there. But because in the rice, there's no inherent sugar, you have to convert the starch into sugar. And then then, that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. And as I understand it, the main difference between how beer is made and how sake is made is that in beer, those two fermentation, those two steps in the fermentation process happen one after the other. Hmm. In sake, they happen simultaneously. Dinger. Whoa! That's Whoa. So I think that's part of like the whole mash and what's going on. Yeah. Well, and maybe rice breaks down a little faster yeah. than like the wheat wort. Or very, whatever. very, very possible. Absolutely. I, I I'm yeah. speculating completely, but. This but really so yeah, sake. so that's a so that's a that's a little intro into how sake is made. Again, I'm not going to go into more depth because I can't <laughs> because I just don't know and well, I don't want to give. Though. Yeah, we're going to learn. So we'll have another sake episode in a few months where I have learned After more. After I've made you watch Seven Samurai. Oh yeah. Okay. We'll do we'll do a Seven Samurai episode. Yeah. Toshiro Mifune, best <laughs> actor ever, Absolutely. period. Absolutely, I'm just moving my leg over here. Oh, I thought here. I was going to give you a foot massage. <laughs> yeah, but that, wouldn't that be nice, a little foot massage during the, yeah, well, during yeah. the recording yeah, session? Yeah, yeah. Perks of you having your, you your husband be your uh, <laughs> recording partner. <laughs> I apologize, listeners, I'm a little exhausted. I've started a new job, and I'm yeah. deliriously happy in this job. Yes. It is, uh, it is great. Tis a big job. But, uh, yeah, so I was I was going to release another episode. Um, I won't tell you what it is because I'm probably going to release it after this one. But long story short, my computer failed me and I couldn't deal. It's a, it was It's sort of a complicated episode, slightly more complicated than this will be to edit, hopefully. Um, and so 
I said, I texted Winston earlier today. I was like, I've been working on this for five hours and I've made no progress because of my computer. We're going to record something and I'm going to edit it real quick and we're going to get it off and it's going to be beautiful. Because I don't know if you guys know, but Emma is boss and has the best work ethic ever. In addition to being so talented and brilliant. She's just like, I'm going to work through the night so I can get the episode out on Friday. Oh, stop. Oh, That's stop. your host. Oh, stop. Go on. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough. Okay. Okay. We're going to stop. Leave it in. Leave Jeez. it in. Okay. So just a couple more things. Also, what I'm not really going to talk about is the history of sake because it's both very old and sake as we know it now is very new. So, and I don't know enough about what it was before. And how it came to be what it is now. So that is another thing that we'll talk about next time. But but basically, what I will say is, sake as we know it now is pretty modern. Um, within, within the past hundred years or so, sake became what it is today. Maybe like part of the Meiji Restoration Industrialization I believe so. Thing. I believe like so. Yeah, came. I think so. Um, Actually, if, if you guys know... Tell us. We would yeah. love to learn. Yeah. Winston knows way more about Japanese history than I do and Japanese Which is culture to say than I not do. Much. Yeah, sure. But a little bit more. Um, but so speaking of Japanese culture, I would say possibly the most accessible, widely exported piece of Japanese entertainment that has captured the heart of definitely pretty much everybody I know are the films of Hayao Miyazaki and Studio... Is it Okay, is it Ghibli or Ghibli? I say Ghibli. I think it's Ghibli. But... Is it Ghibli or, Ghibli or Ghibli? Let us know. I, yeah. I, I, Only I mean, you can decide. There's, there's both in Japanese, so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard, you know? Okay. Like, there's gi and there's ji. Yeah. Like you, so, I, I mean, you would know if you looked at the... At the, the, at the characters. kanji, but yeah. I... I never got past like a first grade reading level in kanji, so I can tell. I can be like, that one's Monday. <laughs> that says four. You know, which is <laughs> like, way more than I, <laughs> I can read so, the alphabet. Yeah, and the and the special foreign alphabet they have called katakana, yeah. which is what they write all Japanglish. Yeah, in. yeah. Um, I just I just I had a do the kanji at all. I just had a quick flashback to something that I've kind of blocked out of my memory when. In second grade, we did a whole project on Japan, and I remember, like, we made our own kimonos, and we painted them with Japanese characters and all of this, and it was so cool, and there was going to be this great big presentation. Um, I think we learned some, you know, like, dance or something, and we were going to oh, cool. do that. It was super cool. I had the flu that oh, day. bummer. Yep, that's one of the saddest moments of my life. Anyway. I, I will say, when it comes to the language barrier... Having spent a little time in Japan, um, you know how we sell a lot of dumb shirts that say, like, they're, like, covered in kanji and Chinese-Japanese yeah. yeah, symbols, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone's like, it says, proud warrior, and what it actually says is, like, egg custard, <laughs> and, <laughs> like, seaweed special, five ninety nine. Yeah. Like, but in Japan, it actually works the same way. Sure. And oh, yeah, so, yeah, you told me some of this. So... Uh, one of my favorite shirts I ever saw in Japan was um, a couple of dudes that I went to Japan with. They got the shirt, and it it says in English, it says, "Runs away!" exclamation point. 
It's nakedness! Exclamation point. <laughs> oh! Exclamation point. No! Exclamation point. And then there were several brands of gum that were wonderful. Like one was called Yes! Exclamation point. Chewing! And one was just called Black Black. Black came in a black wrapper, which yeah, was yeah, nice. Yeah. And then there was a chain of hamburger joints called Mr. Freshness Burger. And I, my, hey, I would go to Mr. Freshness Burger. I would totally um, yeah, go to yeah. Mr. Freshness Burger. <laughs> my all-time favorite, though, was a men's clothing boutique called Mr. Hatgood. Mr. Hatgood. That's like, that's like a character from a... A, a Jane Austen novel yeah, or right. something. Yeah, Mr. or some... Mr. Hatgood. Mr. Hatgood. Yes. I believe you're Mr. Hatgood. Um, so speaking of the intersection of English and Japanese culture, this is a little bit of a stretch. All right, well, but, we'll do it. We're going to stretch. But so there's there's a couple... There there are three Miyazaki movies that are our, our favorites. Yeah. And... Although honorable mention, Castle in the Sky. Castle in the Sky and... Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of her name for a second because we call our cat Kiki. I was like, that's not her name, but nope, that is her name. Mm-hmm. But so m- my favorite, or my favorite because it was the first that I saw, I would say, is Howl's Moving Castle. And Howl's Moving Castle, I should have done my research, um, is... It's based is, on a British It's based novel on a British novel. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but made, but brought to complete magical life by... Hayao Miyazaki. Um, the other, the others, um, of course, possibly the most famous, I would say, maybe, is Spirited Away. Yeah, I, that, I don't know. I like, don't know. I think it's close between that and, and uh, Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. And then Princess Mononoke is the third and yeah. and last that we wanted to Because all to three of those about. had major American theater yeah. releases, like, after they redubbed it. And did right, yes. And Hayao Miyazaki is kind of famous for having the best... Uh, VO cast. Yeah. Oh my God. Unbelievable. And, yeah. And also, he he hates the term anime, and he makes his films, his animated films, as what he says are presents for his grandchildren. Mm. Um. But either way, I think he's one of the best filmmakers of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bar, bar none. Yeah. Yeah. And i and one thing that y- you have said is a a kind of through line through Miyazaki's films is a, a real respect for children, yeah, he trusts young people he trusts young people, and that is such a hopeful and beautiful thing to watch yeah. in all of his because some of them are quite sad, yeah quite sad and and he does have a lot of things that he's trying to say like there's there's social activism there's environmentalism absolutely there's there's all sorts of things going on in his movies but but kind of the through line is children yeah. being the ones who the recurring can save theme us. Yeah. Is, is sort of like trust in the youth because and that's i think very countercultural. um given i mean hayao mizaki is what 95 now like is he that old hayao mizaki He's lived quite old, through but... world war Two. he yeah. lived through the starvation because we i mean the united states bombed japan yeah into near oblivion and i mean i'm not talking about the uh, atomic bomb i'm talking about like we firebomb most of these like imagine 46 percent of cleveland burning to the ground and most of those people dying we did that to almost every japanese major city 
And so if you haven't seen Grave of the Fireflies, which is produced by Hayao Miyazaki, not by Hayao Miyazaki, but by Hayao Miyazaki's um, animation director, mm. and then distributed, I think, by Studio Ghibli, correct me if I'm wrong, but... You just said uh, Ghibli. I did, right? Yeah. Ghibli, Ghibli. Ghibli, sorry. Ghibli! What is it? <laughs> Tell us! But, like, he lived through all of that, and I think instead of coming away with a bitter, angry take on life, he came away with this idea that, like, you know what, maybe our old, staid, conservative ways of doing things haven't led us in the right direction. Yeah. And so let's trust younger, let's trust people who haven't been, you know, co-opted into a program. Let's trust people who just have their instincts and their hearts and their innate goodness to go on. And I think that's a beautiful message that goes through most of his movies. I, I agree. Um, and I was just remembering we, we had dinner at our favorite sushi restaurant in Boulder a few months ago where we, where we would sit at the bar and so we could talk to the, the sushi chefs who were yeah. amazing. And this guy was telling us about there's a, there was a Miyazaki TV series. Oh, that, yeah, he was that, saying that. Which I know he wrote down for us, and I hope it survived the move. Um, <laughs> because, But if this sounds familiar to you, uh, let us know. Hit us up uh, at Pairing Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, um, because I really want to see this TV series, and I don't think it ever really came to America. So you have to really seek it out. Yeah. Um, so that uh, that is something that I would like to find. Absolutely, me too. Another thing, another thing that occurred to me as we were talking about kind of this language barrier slash connection between uh, Japanese and English, at least. Um, so as, as I said, this, this sake has, so it says Kaze no Mori and then in quotations, wind of the woods right next to it. And that's happening more and more with sake is that they're, they're translating the Japanese directly uh, directly or, or I, th- I think directly i mean kaze no mori does mean wind of the woods yeah so i think that's well i think that's what it means but i think it's a it's a tactic actually and i think it's probably pretty effective to to sell sake because it, or in america or in like places. oh my god it's so poetic yeah exactly it's so poetic it's so beautiful and it often often they're named after things in nature and that's that's certainly appealing to me and yeah and but, but it's sort of like if we were to name, like, American bourbons, um, you know, Red Cloud Seeks Buffalo, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, and, like, there's Buffalo Trace, and there is there is some capitalization on that. Well, but, and there's, like, that, there are wines yeah. like The Prisoner and, yeah. and, and things like that. The Wines of Orange Swift, where he names, he names his wines fairly dramatically. Yeah. And that is as much a part of the like his image and his business as anything. Well, so, branding is a big yeah, deal, and that's yeah. fine. And you know, if you want to name your sake "Wind in the Woods," it's an amazing sake, by the way. Yeah, it is really, really good, guys. <laughs> the well, I, I, I went, I went to, I went to the, um, I went to the store to get this sake or to get a bottle of sake at the and last I was, minute when you decided yeah. we were just going to record an episode right now. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And so we needed some Kampai. sake, kampai. Another problem I have with sake is that I will just like keep drinking it because it, it goes is down too easy. Delicious. It is too easy. And so this leads me to okay, so this this leads me to one of our terms. So this sake is 
let's see, where is that? It is 17% alcohol, which for sake is actually, you know, pretty normal, a little bit on the higher side, but the term genshu, so that's the last genshu. word. Genshu. Genshu. Okay. Genshu, or right. however you would say it. As opposed to ginjo. Gai, uh, ginjo. Ginjo. Ginjo yeah. or okay. daiginjo, sorry, which sorry. we're going to talk Forgive about. Um, genshu means undiluted. So... I don't know about most, but many sakes are a little bit diluted to lower the alcohol a little bit. Okay. So most are more around like 15, 16% alcohol. So this is like sake vodka, kind of. Kind of, but not. <laughs> okay. So this leads me to junmai. Junmai, which is the, the term that you'll see most on sake bottles, because right. I would say most sake that you see is junmai, here at least. Um, and junmai means basically it's only rice. If it doesn't say junmai, that means there's a little bit of distilled alcohol added to the sake. Oh. But because this says junmai, it means the alcohol comes solely from fermenting the rice. So huh. there you go. So some, some junmais are almost like, or, or, or I'm sorry, some sakes are almost like fortified wine, which like have a thing going on, but then they add a little like brandy to it. Hmm. Or just, like, distilled alcohol to it. And then what are the ones that are basically just, like, vodka? Is that daiginjo or is that ginjo? Like... So ginjo and daiginjo refers to the amount that the rice is polished. Uh... So ginjo is, I believe, 40% of the rice is polished away. So on every little rice kernel, 40% is polished away. Huh. That is ginjo. And daiginjo is 50%. Wow. Yeah. And I think and, I've seen actually video and so, of that where they have like the special little yeah. mesh filters and they're scrubbing. I the think that, yeah. Rice. Yeah. yeah that's And super so, cool. so daiginjo is considered kind of the purest, best, most refined sake. Okay. And ginjos are very clean, very beautiful. So if you see junmai ginjo or junmai daiginjo, then that means they're only made from rice. If you only see ginjo or daiginjo, that means the amount that the rice is polished is the same, but there's still a little distilled alcohol uh, added to it. Because I remember the very first time I blacked out from alcohol. <laughs> and, and I haven't done this very much, kids. Don't don't abuse alcohol. But, um, College is a crazy time. <laughs> well, I was actually... It was the end of my senior year of high school, and I was interning, <gasps> teaching English at an Eikaiwa school, means English conversational school in Takatsuki, Japan. Mm -hmm. And there was a farewell party for uh, a New Zealander who was leaving like the day we got there. And the last thing I remember was this Australian man picking up a gigantic bottle of sake. I mean, oh, no. you know, sort of the size of your chest. Yeah, right? and going, yeah. Where's your glass? And oh, I woke no. up like, <laughs> I mean, it's like to segue to Princess yeah. Mononoke. Yeah. It was like the demons were coming out of yeah. me, like the black ooze. I was oh, like, yeah. I just woke up, I was like, <gasps> and I drank like a whole liter and a half of green tea and a whole yeah. liter and a half of water and then went back to bed for 40 minutes until I had to be at work. Oh my God. It was a thing. Yes. Sake goes down easy. Guys, be careful. Be careful. <laughs> Where's your glass? Where's your glass? Um, okay, so okay, so we talked about a bunch of the things that I wanted to talk about. Junmai, Ginjo, and Daiginjo. 
Should we talk about Hayao Miyazaki? Yeah, let's talk more about Hayao Miyazaki. I have some other things to talk about with sake, but we've talked oh, we'll about... Oh, we'll go... Well, yeah. No, 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 no. We've talked about sake for a while. Let's talk about Miyazaki. So your favorite is Princess Mononoke. So let's talk about Princess Mononoke. Okay. Um, Princess Mononoke is one of the ten best films ever made. I will happily give you the rest of my list if you tweet us. Yeah, yeah. And one of the reasons I think it's one of the best films ever made is that it is a film that is so meticulous. I mean, all of his films are so meticulous, but, mm-hmm. like, I I used to watch this film going to sleep at night, so I'm, like, a super nerd for it, mm-hmm. to the point where I'd be like, all right, TV, you go to bed at two hours, and I started thinking, like, and I would time it perfectly, so yeah. it snap off right at the credits. Like, I've seen this movie to the point that I can recite everything. It's up there with The Princess Bride for you, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the monk, Jiko... Lady Eboshi, mm-hmm. uh, Ashitaka. These are these are incredible characters. I think I think the Princess Mononoke herself, um, she's great, but I think she's representing something, and and I think she's actually played very well in the writing. I you know I can't speak for Claire Danes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard to I say. I do anything to keep the machines out of my forest. Anything like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like you're right. I I have mixed feelings about Claire Danes. I like her a lot sometimes. I really am yeah. not impressed by her at other times. But, but all the other voice actors are incredible. I mean, like they're like the very first scene in the movie burns itself. Isn't into it your Billy? Soul. It's Billy Crudup who plays. Billy Crudup plays Ashitaka. Ashitaka. Billy mm-hmm. Bob Thornton plays Jiko. Oh, Jiko. Minnie that's Driver right. plays Lady Eboshi. Right. Jada Pinkett. I think she was Pinkett at that point, not Pinkett Smith. Uh-huh. And she maybe pink it again. I don't know. I think um, she's still pink at Smith. Okay, yeah. I think. But she plays, um, oh, Toki. She plays Toki. Oh, Toki, yeah. Yeah. And, like, the whole thing is about empathy from beginning to end. And learning how to deploy empathy in every aspect of your life. And the movie begins with this demon creature that Ashitaka accidentally well he i mean he kills him but he like because the demon has just happened upon right him. right and the first thing that the eboshi people do is go up and say like hey we're so sorry um we're gonna raise a funeral mound we're gonna do all the rites please don't hate us just pass on a piece and the thing says pathetic little creatures soon all of you will feel my hate and suffer as I have suffered. And then he like dissolves and it's really cool. But the whole movie is that challenge. Mm. Like, I want you to hate. And like everyone is saying to, especially Ashitaka, when are you going to hate? Like, Mm -hmm. when are you going to pick a side? Yeah. And the whole movie is a a refusal of that. Yeah. And... I mean, visually, it's stunning. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, like, the first part he, uh, where he's, like, in the village and a bunch of samurai just attack him, but he's already got this demon arm thing that makes him super right, strong. Right, And, but you can see in that scene, there's, like, three or four times you can see Jiko, the B- Billy Bob Thornton character, like, just in the background. Just yeah. hopping, hopping yeah. around. And everything, every frame is hand-drawn. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, and the, yeah. the one where he, like, like 
a guy shoots an arrow at him and he dodges the arrow and then he shoots one back with his demon arm and that thing is animated like whoa if you are an illustrator like watch that arrow fly frame by frame over to that dude and then it just decapitates him and everything is just in perfect detail it's i mean it's nuts yeah. And then you've got your sort of nihilist in Jiko, who's mm-hmm. great. And then you've got your kind of <laughs> Hillary Clinton character <laughs> in Lady Eboshi. Yep. I yep. mean, uh, okay, sorry about politics. But, like, you know, I think, you know, you've got your jaded sort of cynical leader. Yeah. And, and, and really it's, like, a lot of people who just don't know what they're messing with. And that's another common theme, I think, mm-hmm. for his movies. Is, mm-hmm. like, people get in over their heads, and the only thing that gets Very you out quickly. is love and trust and generosity and, and Kindness. intuition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is. Uh, yeah. And. Go ahead. For me, so so that, because I, I didn't actually, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't see Princess Mononoke until I met you, and we watched it together. Um, I've now seen it many, many times because it's amazing. Um, but I, I so ruined it. What's that? <laughs> and I said, and I so ruined it. No, you didn't. Because I was like, and this is the line. Oh like, yeah, I'm, watching, I'm actually watching the movie right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe there was a little, <laughs> but but it didn't d- detract from it too much. But um, but for me, Howl's Moving Castle, which is not a Hayao Miyazaki story, he he adapted the story. But the, again, it's the story of a, again, not to give away too much, but of a young person suddenly becoming very old and what, what that is like and how she just goes with the flow with that and, and just like embraces her lot in life and fights so hard for what she believes is right. And it's, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful metaphor for me kind of fights for her innocence too she does she does and 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 i there there's a lot about the movie that watching it as a slightly older person i find a little problematic you know like Like what like her relationship to howl and how she just is kind of at a certain made no not even that but like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna really say but the ending i find problematic a little bit and i'm not gonna say why because so that gives curious. away the ending well we'll talk about it after okay. we've talked about it before too well, but, know, but but uh but i don't want to give away, it would totally give away the ending and in yeah. case anybody hasn't watched yeah. these movies i would like to hope hope that this gives you just a little bit of inspiration for that and and so there, there's something i find just very beautiful very very beautiful and and the whole concept of of howl's castle this like walking moving magical yeah steampunk castle yeah, that's it's, it's steampunk for that, days yeah it's steampunk for days um with magic with magic and like fun. a child like you know and it's spark. also anti-war like it's a huge yes. anti-war yes it is allegory. a very yeah and it's kind of talking about how world war one is terrible yeah uh, through the lens of magic and all this other stuff and how yeah. It, yeah i mean war just consumes all the brilliance and talent yeah. and youth it for me, it's just it's one of my like happy place movies. It is wonderful, and even even though there's very sad like hard things that happen in it, as happen in all Miyazaki films, yeah. it's it's very like heartwarming to me. It's worth the payoff, and you're Cal- not gonna cry yourself to sleep after you watch no. Howl's Moving Castle. No. And again, 
the the cast in that is oh, unbelievable. God. Yeah, I mean, well, because Lauren it's... Bacall is the Witch of the Waste, yeah. and um, not Mini Driver again. No, it's not right. Mini Driver. It's... Billy Crudup is how. No, Br- Billy. No, Christian Bale. Oh, is Christian Howell. Bale is how. Excuse Christian me. Bale is so Howell. sorry, Billy Crudup. And uh, <laughs> Billy Crystal is Billy Calcifer, Crystal the is Fire Calcifer the Fire Demon, which is one of his finest roles. And outside of City Slickers, obviously. of course, of course. I think I hear a cat. Is there a kitty? No. No. This is a phantom. Kitty. It was a phantom kitty. The phantom kitty. <laughs> Speaking of phantoms. Ah, I may yes, do an inelegant yes. transition. Please do. I think that brings us to Spirited mm-hmm. Away, the last of our Diamond 3 Miyazaki movies. Mm-hmm. Um, although, again, love to Castle in the Sky and Asuka, all the other ones. I mean, they're all, they're all Tetra, amazing. Kiki. They're all beautiful. Yeah, always beautiful. But Spirited Away is another one that, you know, I saw in the theaters. I saw at the John Cocteau Cinema here. And, and it is one of those things that... There is nothing like it. I mean, just the immersion. It's weird because it's so relatable and so foreign at the exact same time. And the movie asks you from almost minute one to say like, hey, believe this. We're going to go to an abandoned theme park and there's going to be a bunch of ghosts and we're going to make up weird rules, but we're going to keep to our rules. And then uh, you're going to have to trust a child who you don't necessarily like at the beginning, and then you're going to see where that goes. And the way the movie continually hooks you in and gets you to trust that and says, yeah, absolutely I trust this tiny little child who's in a weird Um, situation. Chihiro is who I want to be when I grow up. She is so brave. So brave. And amazing. And uh, that that is how I feel. But yeah, the, the whole movie, it... It, it kind of feels like kind of like, um, you know, like an Alice in Wonderland or it like, is very Alice in you Wonderland. You know, it's like almost yeah. falling through the looking glass and having weird thing after weird thing happen to her. It's yeah. and and it all all being so foreign, but her just having to accept it and yeah. become part She's of it. She's constantly learning new rule systems and then she applies those. But what she doesn't do is change her values, right? Yeah. So all she does every time she's confronted with one of these new rule systems is just behave like she would behave, which yeah. is to be generous and hardworking. Yeah. You know, and whereas Alice is sort of like intellectual and analytical, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and she applies that to everything and that frustrates some of her tormentors. In this, it's basically about her being generous and kind yeah. and intelligent enough to you know, follow instructions and then innovate when she has to. And, yeah. And, and just, I mean, in the meantime, it's one of the most visually stunning things I've ever seen. Um, speaking of, you know, things that we've done that, you know, are maybe a little unsavory. Uh, the first time I saw Spirited Away, I was uh, maybe a little bit inebriated in a different fashion, not from alcohol. And uh, I don't know what you're talking I about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, we're not in Colorado anymore. <laughs> we're not in Colorado anymore um, but uh, I highly recommend watching that movie that way if you are so inclined uh, because it is wow it is it is just like on a different level and it's hard it's hard to fathom it if you're sober as a priest or whatever the 
saying is. But yeah. I have anecdotal evidence that yes. would probably back that up. But um, speaking of not being sober, I have a couple more things about sake that I just wanted to touch on. You're the boss. And so speaking of being introduced to Hayao Miyazaki through... Howl's Moving Castle for me, I would say a good kind of sake to pair with Howl's Moving Castle is Nigori sake. Oh, the, the really un- the, like, the really milky un- Yes, yes. It so looks Nigori, milky. It's delicious. It is so good. Um, it But Nigori sake, yes, it's totally unfiltered. And actually, it... So, so basically what happens is some of the rice that is polished, they leave in some of the the rice that was polished off. And so that's what gives it the kind of cloudy, milky quality. I know it sounds weird. It is delicious. And I didn't realize that I liked sake until I tried nigori. Yas. Yas. Um, And so I think, but I think nigori, like, like I think Howl's Moving Castle is a good introduction to Hayao Miyazaki yeah, for like, sweet. for an American audience or something yeah. like that, for a Western audience. Sweet but strong. Exactly. Um, so that's nigori. But so, and we talked about genshu, which is undiluted, so, you know, not not watered down or anything. Where's your glass? You wake up the next morning. Where's your glass? Ding! <laughs> okay, so we've talked about two of the terms on this label. Junmai. So it says junmai, muroka, nama, genshu. So we talked about how junmai means it's only, the alcohol only comes from the rice. Genshu means undiluted. Nama means unpasteurized. Mm. So not quite like niguri, but but unpasteurized, which I'm not exactly sure how that works, how the law works with getting unpasteurized sake into America since we're not... Maybe the alcohol content is high enough they maybe, don't care. I don't know. Maybe. Um, then muroka, so I couldn't find muroka, but it does say here it's unfiltered. So I think... I think unfiltered, but it doesn't have the extra rice bits added to it like in Nigori. So this this sake is clear, even though it's unpasteurized. Yeah. and It looks like regular sake. Yeah. So so that is how we have deciphered the uh, the label here. A and couple... A couple us, correct us. Oh, yeah. Teach us. Yes, please do. Please, please do. If you feel like it. I am not an expert in any any regard on this. Um, I have... I've just learned a little bit in my time working in a wine store um okay a couple other terms that i've learned taru is sake aged in cedar tanks so or cedar barrels i guess sounds amazing i know i'm i've maybe had a wood aged sake before but i can't quite recall and koshu is aged sake and that i have had some aged sake and it's very cool a little like much earthier and kind of more scotchy. Sure, I mean it's not like scotch, but it's no. but you know it's it's probably like, you know, it, the difference between young sake and aged sake is like young wine and aged wine. Yeah. All right. Um, a couple other things that I wanted to mention. Um, there's this new phenomenon of putting sake in cans. Don't be off put by that because there's some canned sake that's really really good, and apparently that's actually one of the best ways to store sake because sunlight, direct sunlight or light yeah. is Same bad thing for as glass it. beer bottles, right? Like that's why canning has become so much more sure. popular in beer again sure, because yeah. the light will fuck yeah, it up. Yeah, that makes sense. 
makes perfect sense. My favorite can canned sake comes from Kikusui Funaguchi, and they also make a nama, so unpasteurized sake, and it's in a yellow can. It is delicious. There we go. I guess I'll mention a couple other of my favorite sakes that I can recall that I know of. One that's very common that you can find pretty often is Kurosawa. Um, we've had that one several times. Um, Hatsumago, that's the one that <laughs> I, it was really, so the same sushi restaurant in uh, Boulder, Colorado called Tasuki, go there. You wouldn't think that the most amazing sushi would be in Boulder, Colorado. It is so good. Get the oh squid, it's actually cuttlefish, it's amazing. It is so good. Oh my God. Um, but, so my favorite sake there was Hatsumago, but a few times I went there, they were out of the Hatsumago sake, and the waitress remembered that, like, even a year later. Like, we hadn't been there for, like, a year, and I went back, and she was like, oh, you like the Hatsumago? We have it! And I was <laughs> like, oh, good, I'll take it. Um, one of my other favorites is Otokoyama Tokubetsu. That's sure. my attempt. Um, and Shichiken is another one that I like. Right. So so that's what I got on sake for now. I think that's a pretty good like introduction to sake. Though the thing about sake is it really it can vary so wide widely, you know, as much as beer and wine can vary. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people don't try enough of it to know that. But some of it can be very floral, very fruity, almost sweet. Some of it can be like really dry, almost earthy. So Yeah. It ranges from like vodka to vodka ish. Vodka ish tasting, yeah. Yeah. And I mean I'm uh, you know, the romantic in me says like it's it's really cool that sake kinda combines the terroir aspects of wine and the rice that has to be grown and everything with this sort of more artisanal like we're you know what we are going to build a furnace and we're going to make that the you know yeah. it sort of has a nice beer wine intersection it is it's a nice kind of beer unique. wine intersection it's kind a of it's sweeter own... than either one but yeah i yeah i would say depending depending on the sake but for those of you listening to the show now i just cut out a whole rant about japanese history which is amazing and you should learn it. Hojo's had the longest spears. And you can and you can learn about it from Winston for as little as three dollars a month on our Patreon. At three dollars a month. Three dollars a month. That's a that's that's like nothing. It's like nothing. It's almost zero dollars. Well, um, on that note, where's your glass? Come by. Come by. Pairing was created, produced, hosted, and edited by Emma Scherzarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. If you'd like more information, links, and clarifications on what we talked about this episode, please check out the show notes. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, 
or on any social media platform. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, read, drink, and be merry. Thank you.